fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. What's up? Yes, indeed it is. Welcome into the program. Whoa, we sound different, man. We sound slightly different, so uh, hold, bear with me today. Today's a very special day. Today is a one-of-a-kind kind of day. Today is a day where we get to break in some new fun toys here on The Voice of Reason. As the studio that we broadcast out of here in Wichita, Kansas, our big talker, KQAM. 1480 on the AM dial for those in the Wichita, Kansas area. That is our flagship radio station. Now, we are all over the country, multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, and podcasting, but... We do hail out of our flagship here in Wichita, and I am trying to get adjusted because we have some new toys and equipment here in the studio, and for the very first time, we are broadcasting off of a brand new production board. Oh yeah, our brand new board. We may have to share it on the KQAM Facebook page. It's kind of neat, So, but we, we've been working on it all last... The engineer, I wasn't. The engineer was working on it all last night. I was assisting him. I was like Al Borland in tool time. I was assisting him... Although, I, you know, at least I don't know what I'm doing there. I was assisting him the best that I could throughout the day today to make sure this was up and going. But I'm just trying to absorb the new sound here and making sure everything works right. So it's a very special day. It's a very special day here on the program. We get to play with some brand new toys. Oh, there's another special reason why it's a good day today as well. We'll get to in just a moment. Welcome into the program. Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. Again, we're all over the radio on multiple stations, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. However you watch or listen to the program, it's great to have you along for the ride. Your millennial general reporting for duty. I got to make sure that these things work, right? Everything good here? That's all right. Oh, my God. Oh, hey. Who the hell cares? <laughs> I think it's working. I think we're good to go. Welcome into the program. No guests today either. You and I just kind of chit in the chat, and we have a lot to talk about today because I am thinking that there is a transition in the media or they're just desperate because it's really that bad and they're trying to sugarcoat it the best they possibly can uh, in regards to the support from Joe Biden, the support from the Democrat Party, and who may be that presidential candidate. The latest poll numbers of the presidential races of 2023. Yeah, they're not liking them too much. The shock and awe. So we'll get to that here in just a minute. It is a very special day, and I do have to do a shout-out real briefly as uh, on a personal level, as I cannot believe it, man. 11 years. It is the 11th year anniversary for Mrs. Voice of Reason and I's marriage anniversary. I know. 11 whole years. It's been wild. So uh, now, I again... For those that don't know that may be new to the program, we've been married for 11 years now, but we've been dating for close to 15, 16 years. We were high school sweethearts. I met her my sophomore year of high school. She was a, no, I take that back. I met her my freshman year of high school and she was a uh, junior. She was two years older. We met the first year. I chased her the entire first year, but she refused to date a freshman and but she had a boyfriend or whatever too, but whatever, you know, I was able to uh, kick him down the, down the road. Ah! Take that. But by our second year, we were able to date, and uh, we took a hiatus a little bit after she graduated. I went off to college. She did her thing. We reconvened again at the broadcasting school in Denver, where I ended up getting my broadcasting certification for radio and TV. She did the same as well. She was on the radio in Denver for some uh, country stations for a while, and we've been together 
ever since we ran into each other again. So uh, the story is, I guess, for those that like to get all the ushy-gushy-mushy romantic stories, it's a very popular one as uh, we are the high school sweethearts that reunited the long-lost loves, and we've been together ever since with 11 years of marriage under our belt and our Mrs. A little voice of reason that is now nine years old. Hard to believe that one as well. So happy anniversary, Mrs. Voice of Reason. We love you. And holy cow, I cannot believe it's been 11 years and we have so much more to go. Apparently, looking at the symbolism of 11 years of marriage, it is the year of the steel, like metal steel, because it's ironclad and it's not going to go anywhere. Um, Yeah, it's been great. So happy anniversary and look forward to 11 and a heck of a lot more years to come as well. All right, let's get into what's trending here, shall we? What's trending today? I just have to say as well, as I'm trying to get adjusted to this new board and everything here in the studio, the bass on that sounds really good. It's just kind of booming in my ears. I'm totally okay with that. All right, headline of the day is right now, I'm thinking CNN, either they're really, really, really trying to sugarcoat Joe Biden and how poorly he's actually doing, or... They're just finally admitting with Operation Joe Biden tripped down the stairs while trying to tie his shoe. Operation is under uh, commencement because they're not giving some positive numbers for Joe Biden and the Democrats going early on into presidential season. Hope for re-election in 2024. Still early, but Biden's approval rating has sunk to 39 percent. Nearly 60 percent of voters think Biden's policies are making the economy worse. Close to 70 percent of Democrats want somebody else to run for president. And the president's approval among Democratic voters, that's slipping. Yeah, these are all very troubling for the White House. This new CNN poll shows no clear winner between President Biden and nearly all of the leading Republican presidential candidates in these theoretical matchups, except for Nikki Haley, who leads President Biden by six points. Donald Trump, one point ahead of Biden. This all comes just hours before President Biden heads off on a big foreign trip to meet with world leaders at the G20 summit in India. Whoa, that's CNN. That's not Fox News. That's not Breitbart. That's not Newsmax. That's not what America's News Network. No, no, that's CNN right there. That's CNN talking about the low approval ratings from Joe Biden, which reaffirms either they're trying to go more middle of the road, which that's just laughable right there. Can we just put the loser horns on there? (laughs) That's not the case. CNN is not being middle of the road. I'm sorry. That's not the way that they play. So we know that they're still left-leaning. So that leads to the fact that it's so bad, this is the best way that they can actually sugarcoat the story, which is, well, yeah, he's losing to every single candidate out there. I'm telling you, Operation Joe Biden tripped down the stairs while trying to tie his shoe is underway because now the media has officially turned on him to the point where, again, CNN, scratching my head on the fact that this is the news source that's actually reporting this, has admitted Donald Trump with his, what, 80, 90 different uh, uh, attacks and different court cases and four different indictments and everything else they're trying to throw at him right now, that Donald Trump could still beat Joe Biden. Take a look at how close this race is at this particular point. Granted, the general election is over a year away. The largest lead for Joe Biden is just three points within the margin of error. No clear leader. Look at these. One point. One point. If you go back at where we were at this point four years ago, Joe Biden's lead was high single digits to low double digits. This is significantly closer than where we were four years ago. So this idea that Donald Trump can't win the general election, I want you to lose that idea. This race is very, very close. And Donald Trump is polling better right now than basically at any point during the entire 
2020 after cycle. four indictments after four indictments <laughs> after four indictments he's still doing it what's going on with donald trump he's still got all the support now again whether he gets a nomination or not who knows and will support the Republican candidate, whoever that may be. But right now, Donald Trump still has that soaring lead among Republican candidates. But the prior report from CNN showed, regardless of what candidate gets it, it's neck and neck with within one or two points with really every single Republican candidate beating Joe Biden. This is the sign. This is the red flag. This is the uh, whatever, the, the execution button for the media to say, turn, baby, turn. We're going to go after Joe Biden now because we don't want him to be that nominee. I'm telling you, the breadcrumbs are there because they just interviewed Kamala Harris about whether she's willing to step up, which will probably happen before the end of this term. We have the announcement of Gavin Newsom. We have the potential lingering Michelle Obama. There's a lot of different ideas for the Democrat Party. Now, I will say that while the Democrat Party as a whole and the media as a whole is beginning to turn on Joe Biden and saying, well, things aren't looking good, bud, there are... Some think tanks within the Democrat Party, and there are the Biden administration themselves that are trying to turn this around and do something different. Now, just because the Democrat Party as a whole doesn't want Joe Biden to be the nominee, just because the party or the media as a whole does not want him to continue on the legacy with looking bad because he is giving them a bad reputation for the party that's unwilling to let go of the old guard, for the party that's not looking to the new generation, for the party that's looking at someone who's not cognitively there mentally in any way, shape, or form, that while that's all happening within the party, you got to admit Joe Biden doesn't want to let it go. He's like every other candidate, every other politician that's in Washington, D.C. that doesn't want to let go of the power. They're still trying to play it as all great and hunky-dory that Joe Biden's on the campaign trail, which he's really not. He's just going out making a couple of speeches here and there, which he mumbles his way through and then goes on home for another vacation time. But he's trying to sink in advertisement around the country. In fact, tonight with the first NFL game that's going to be played and obviously coming from Kansas there are a lot of Chiefs fans that listen to this program that uh, will be looking forward to Kansas City Chiefs playing the Detroit Lions I'm torn because I've grown up in both areas so I don't just really care because I won't be watching NFL anyways nonetheless apparently the Biden administration is going to be sinking money in to advertise and start the campaign on TV for the very first NFL uh, inaugural game later on tonight for those that watch the NFL he's already put in advertisement to run ads during that game so while he sunk in 25 million dollars the week of the debate a couple of weeks ago in wisconsin and he hit some of the key uh, states around the nation now he's going to sink one into the presidential race as well which is all fine and dandy if that's what you want to do is it going to work i don't really know i guess a lot of progressives still like to watch the nfl because of all the kneeling and all the wokeness that's gone on within the nfl but i don't know how many conservatives are going to be okay with that but the Biden administration themselves, not letting go. They're not just going away quietly into the breeze and just saying, well, I have the health issues. I'm going to step aside, let Kamala take over, do the radical progressive move, and then get ready for the 24 election that I will not be part of. He's not planning that. He has his own agenda apart from what the Democrats actually want. And it's evident with Corrine Jean-Pierre as she was asked kind of a silly question from Ducey. Uh, from Fox News in the uh, hearing, what was it, a day or two ago with the press hearing? But nonetheless, it was kind of cheesy. It was kind of fun asking whether Joe, Bi why Joe Biden's treated like, quote unquote, a baby. And she got a little defensive. Why? Because, well, it's her job. Thank you, Corrine. President Biden is the oldest president in U.S. history. 
Why does White House staff treat him like a baby? <laughs> no one treats the President of the United States, the Commander-in-Chief, uh, like a baby. So there's this book that says That's ridiculous. when staff ridiculous claim. what sounded like a call for regime change in Russia, the President, uh, quote, rather than owning his failure, he fumed to friends about how he was treated like a toddler. Was John Kennedy ever babied like that? So look, uh, I'll say this. Um, there's going to be a range, always a range of books uh, that are uh, about every administration, as you know, uh, that's going to have a variety of claims. That is not unusual. That happens all the time. And we're not going to litigate those here. That's something that we're not going to uh, speak to. There is one thing that I do want to, because I think I was asked this question last week by one of your colleagues about this particular excerpt uh, that they uh, were referring to. And so I'll say this, you know, we did see the excerpt, excerpt go, the context uh, of the excerpt. And she goes on. We did see the excerpt. We saw that. Uh, and it's probably just fake news. It's just taken out of context. We don't have to worry about that. He's not treated like a child. He's not treated like an infant. He's not treated like a baby. Although we have it on audio of Joe Biden. All right, walk over here. Joe Biden holding his hand, holding his arm. All right, walk over here. Do this. All right, go over and speak over here. You know, him not knowing what's going on. Standing there at the podium, looking around with people having to guide him. We know it happens. It is kind of a silly question to ask because I'd ask some more substantial questions than that. But it's still kind of silly with Ducey uh, kind of taking a shot there. It is interesting, though, that she gets that defensive. The Biden administration, while they sense they're on the way out and while the Democrats have turned on him, the media has turned on him. He's desperate to try and save his legacy. The question is, will he actually be able to do that or not? I guess time will tell. Back here on The Voice Reason for a pre-Friday celebration. Lots to get to. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into it. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yours truly. It's always great to have you along for the ride. So the poll's not looking too well for the Biden administration, for the mainstream media. Biden's trying to defend themselves. The media finally just saying we've had enough. We can't do this any longer. For three years, man. You gotta give them credit. For three full years, they have been able to find ways to defend Biden, to look the other way. We still have people out there saying that he's cognitively able to do the job as president of the United States. They still have people out there saying that Joe Biden is running the country, which ha <laughs> wink wink, we know that's actually not the case. So, but the media finally losing their minds, just saying we can't do this anymore. They're not yet pushing another candidate, but they're starting the transition, the Operation Joe Biden fall down the stairs while trying to tie his shoe is underway right now. And it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out over the I, I would say over the next few months, my d d crystal ball, the voice of reasons, crystal ball here. My prediction is that Joe Biden will if they're going down the road, they will be out before the end of the year, before the budget's actually done. When it's supposed to be done at the end of this month, you know it's not. The continuing resolution will happen until the end of December, as the media is already starting to say, oh, guess what? We could shut down the government. The government could shut down unless we get our budget passed. Yeah, I know. Very scary. Very scary things if we don't actually pass that budget. So we'll do a continuing resolution until the end of the year, and then by that time, they will have time to ramp through all their great social programs, 
So they got to start transitioning Biden out of office relatively soon. At the same time, Democrats need a little pick-me-up because they're panicking. And, and I'd say panicking uh, very vaguely because Democrats, while they understand they're not going to win every time, they don't like to lose, which is why they cram as much down our throats as possible. So even when they do lose, it doesn't matter. Their agenda's already been implemented. They just ride it out until the pendulum swings. Republican voters get fed up enough with Republican elected officials, and then they go back to the Democrats, and then we see the cycle all over again. So there's new pollsters out there from a blog, and I don't know the name of this blog, but they are advocating for Democrats to stay calm during this time of peril where Joe Biden could even be beat again by Donald Trump. Crazy times, right? So here's what they say. You've probably heard pundits tell you to ignore the polls this far out from an election. This is not advice that they are taking this week as surveys keep showing President Biden and Donald Trump are tied after 91 felony charges and a string of positive headlines on jobs and inflation. <laughs> a string of positive, I love that, the string of positive headlines on jobs and inflation. Well, if that's the, if that's the way you want to twist it, I mean, I guess the headline says it. It's not true, but as long as the headline says it, then I guess it's all right. But they go on to say there are reasons campaign professionals tend to wave off early uh, surveys, which have notoriously overstated threats of uh, to incumbents. Right now, here's the reason why Democrats should not be panicking. There is no campaign. Every time you see a poll showing Biden's approval ratings in the 30s, mentally add an asterisk that says, quote, before Democrats spend nearly a billion dollars. This isn't so much about the prohibitive uh, spending advantage that Republicans have more money to, but also what money goes towards the campaign. In this case, it's messaging that so far has worked for Democrats in real-life conditions, where they say in midterms, the post-mortems found that Democrats performed poorly in non-competitive contests, but won big and highly contested contests and in swing states and races in swing states around the nation. And they're not necessarily wrong. That Democrats won big there. But is it because of how well Democrats campaigned? Or was it because of how lousy Republicans campaigned? Let's be honest. In swing states, we refer back to Mitch McConnell, who also has about the cognitive ability of a Joe Biden right now. I think that's going to be the new joke on the program. That he's the one that chose not to fund and uh, spend money in certain campaigns in many really big swing states where we could have really done some benefit. He didn't do it. He put money in other places. So, yeah, Democrats won big in some swing areas. But was it because of how well Democrats were doing? Or was it because of how bad Republicans were doing at the time? And has that situation changed from then until now for the 2024 elections? I think that's up for you and I to decide moving forward. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Reason meets radio. This is the voice of reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into it on the home stretch here. Last half hour of the program. So much more to cover. So little time to do it, but yet we're going to do the best we can and have some fun all at the same time. So welcome into it. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. Hey, I want to tell you about my friends over at Americans for Prosperity. As you know, 
The Biden economy has been holding the U.S. economy stagnant for at least three years now. 15 to 20 percent inflation overall, near 30 percent inflation on food alone, especially after this dump they're doing on the trillion dollars into the food stamp snap program. Gee, I wonder why they're doing that as we go into another COVID-19 pandemic, which, by the way, we'll get into a little bit later because the World Health Organization says this one truly, really, really something to be concerned about, really something to be worried about. So we'll get to that in a minute. Is it really? Or are we just, well, you know, a little paranoid? Just a little bit. Nonetheless, we have food that could be going up near 30% inflation all by itself, 20% inflation overall as the U.S. economy for the past three years. That's what has been happening under the Biden administration. And it's time for us to unleash the economic progress across the nation, which is what Americans for Prosperity are trying to do, is they've launched their nationwide campaign calling it the Bidenomics for what it really is, which is Failed economic policies. The real fact checkers are here, and it's time to let the people know what's really going on. Be part of the Bidenomics' broken campaign by letting everyone know about the truth about the economy. Whether it's you can knock on doors, make some phone calls, financially support the organization, or just talk to your family, friends, and neighbors about what's really going on. But it's time we bring some truth, reason, and common sense back to the economy. That's what's happening with Americans for Prosperity, as they are the country's largest grassroots organization with chapters in every state and over 4 million advocates nationwide. For more information on how you can help out this massive nationwide campaign, or if you just want to get some information in the facts that are set straight to be able to talk to your family, friends, and neighbors around the street, you can go to the website, americansforprosperity.org, americansforprosperity.org. Plus, you can follow them on their social media at AFPHQ. Help reignite the American dream by calling out the failed Biden economic policies with americansforprosperity.org. So the question I asked you before we went to the break was, are Republicans in a better shape now than what we were three years ago? Obviously, the Democrats are having some quandary of what to do next. Uh, Who's going to be the one holding the mantle, carrying the torch moving forward as Biden's beginning to fail and fall? Who's actually going to take that up? Who's going to be the next face of the Democrat Party? Who's going to be the one leading the charge for socialism on the left side of the aisle? Obviously, Joe Biden can't do it anymore. Now that the fact that the media is turning on him, I find that quite interesting. Hopes for re-election in 2024. Still early, but Biden's approval rating has sunk to 39%. Nearly 60% of voters think Biden's policies are making the economy worse. Close to 70% of Democrats want somebody else to run for president. And the president's approval among Democratic voters, that's slipping. Yeah, these are all very troubling for the White House. This new CNN poll shows no clear winner between President Biden and nearly all of the leading Republican presidential candidates in these theoretical matchups, except for Nikki Haley, who leads President Biden by six points. Donald Trump, one point ahead of Biden. This all comes just hours before President Biden heads off on a big foreign trip to meet with world leaders at the G20 (laughs) summit in India. Now the big summit. He's going to be big. It's going to be huge. It's going to be bigly, right? He's going to be the big draw for everybody to be like, oh, it's Joe Biden. And I think we're going to make it bigly. Yeah, so we have that going on. So the Democrats have officially pulled the plug on Joe Biden. The question is, what are they going to do now? And while they're in turmoil a year out before an election, the question is, are Republicans in a better shape than what we were three years ago with organization, with proper funding, and with the allotment of the funding to the appropriate candidates around the nation that we need to focus on to get a majority in both chambers and the presidency of the United States. Because let's be honest, 
The leadership in the Democrat Party is not just about Joe Biden, but it's about just the image the party has right now. I mean, we have this guy who's out there as well saying, hey, uh, making threats to the Republicans that if Republicans tried to move with impeachment against Joe Biden, there would be repercussions daring us to actually try it. And that would be none other than this guy. A little over a year ago, the president and I were standing right next to each other at a collapsed bridge in western Pennsylvania a bridge that I drove over just the night before with my young son. And he showed up with just hours, hours after that, bra- that bridge collapsed there. And he promised to make sure that any resources that they needed and any help and support. And guess what? And guess what? Guess what? That, that, that bridge was rebuilt less than a year, well, well in front of time. And again, and now... I'm standing next to the president again, next to a a collapsed bridge here. And he is here to commit to work with the the governor and the the delegation to make sure that we get this fixed fast as well, too. This is a president that is committed to infrastructure. Yeah. And then on top of that, (laughs) the the jewel uh, kind of a uh, uh, law of the infraction. Uh, bill that is going to make sure that there's going to be bridges all across that would be infrastructure america getting rebuilt that would be infrastructure just just heads up i'm not making fun of the guy because he had a stroke and has a hard time i make fun of the guy because that is something that democrats appear to just overlook we don't care if they're not mentally able to do the job we just want to beat a republican so we don't care what it takes so yeah that was john fetterman trying to discuss the infrastructure bill, which, by the way, he's doing while he's standing at the podium in shorts and a hoodie as a U.S. Senator of the United States. That, my friends, is the mess that we're in across the nation. Are Republicans in a better shape than what they were three years ago? I honestly don't know that they are. We still have Mitch McConnell, who's a mess and a half already himself as well, and he's not going to be able to allot the proper funding to the proper candidates around the nation if he's still heading that up uh, they say it was dehydration he said he's good to go he's not going to step down and i'm still gonna keep doing my job which i get kind of because kentucky's in a bad situation right now with a democrat governor who would have an opportunity to appoint a democrat into that seat if mitch mcconnell does step away right now we could still have a house minority leader that would be a republican probably a better republican But we could potentially lose a U.S. Senate seat to a Democrat, which I don't think is right. But with a Democrat governor, they could essentially do whatever they wanted to in Kentucky if Mitch McConnell ended up staying, uh, ended up stepping away. So if that was the case, then we would be down another seat and it would be even harder for us to get anything done. Not like we're doing anything productive in the Senate right now. Anyways, let's be clear, because right now, again, Republicans are just kind of scared of their own shadow. So. The Democrat Party has an image problem that they're trying to change. Republicans have a leadership problem that we're too scared to change. How do we move forward? There is a bipartisan movement right now. And I say that with a grain of salt because bipartisan movements usually mean we're going to go further and further to the middle. And for those that like to dork out and talk about political philosophy, here's your segment for you for a moment as we get into our latest in What's Trending. What's trending today? As we look at the political spectrum right now, 
we have to remember that the spectrum really isn't a, a straight line. It's more of a circle. I've described that in my political philosophy class here on the show for the voice reason many years now. But for uh, this uh, point in case, let's talk about it as that straight line. And the pendulum continues to swing back and forth. But overall, even with the pendulum swinging back and forth, we continue to slide further and further and further to the left on that pendulum, which means... The moderates continue to become more left in their moderacy between the two sides. The Democrats become more progressive and the conservatives become less conservative, but yet still get considered the radical extremists, even though they're not really conservative or as conservative as what they were. As the pendulum moves further to the left and every time a new government agency gets created, every time the government spends more money, every time they pass a new federal budget, every time we do an omnibus package, every time we do a continuing resolution, that continues to slowly notch one more tick further to the left. So when we talk bipartisanship and talk about the moderates and the independents in the middle of the roads, I've always asked this question, which if you have the answer, you're more than welcome to email me at network at gmail.com. You're more than welcome to try and answer this question, but what does it mean to be an actual moderate? I'm middle of the road. What does that mean? Because the pendulum continues to change. The spectrum continues to move to the left. So the middle of the road is more Democrat. And apparently the polls show that as well as according to voters, they say progressives are more progressive than conservatives are conservative. According to the news from uh, Newsmax.com, 13 different presidential centers are now urging America to take action to save democracy in the nation by their banding together to talk about moderacy, while we see the CPAC poll showing the pendulum moving further to the left. In a study reviewed by 7,400 state lawmakers, um, all 7,400 state lawmakers, by 150,000 voters across the nation, they said that overall, Democrats in legislatures at the national and statewide levels voted 87.4% of the time. Democrat voters or Democrat leaders voted 87.4% of the time on liberal policy positions. Republicans voting conservative Republican values only came in at 76.7%. Meaning overall, Democrats were 10% more likely to stick to their Democrat values, progressive values, than Republicans were. That shows two things. Number one, the spectrum is shifting slowly to the left because progressive values, if you would have gone 20 years from now and gone back in time, took the time, you know, time machine back 20 years and hit, what would that be, 1993, right? God, don't say that. Really? No, it's not. That's 2003. That would be 2003, 20 years from now. Ha! See, I'm even older than I thought I was. If you go back to 2000, let's go 30 years. Let's go 1993 because I want to go back to the 90s for a second. I want to really relive the glory days of when I was four years old seven no seven years old whatever yeah seven six years i don't know it doesn't matter let's go back to 1993 if you talked about the progressive policies that are being advocated for today they would be laughed at we wouldn't be allowed to do those it'd be insane we've had a whole new world compared to what we saw just 20 30 years ago but yet democrats are strong to it republicans cave And that's a problem if we're going to continue to keep conservative libertarian voters by voting. Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason. 
with Andy Hoosier. Yeah, sorry, I had to cut that one short. I hit a panic button a little bit because <laughs> I really didn't know. It's normal time that we do our things, but I, I hit a panic button internally in that last segment, realizing how old I was. Man, uh, 20 years. We're not supposed to be still in the 2000s if we go 20 years back. That's not supposed to be happening. <laughs> so 30 years of 1993. Man, again, blows my mind. That does make me feel really old. And it makes. I guess that explains why next month I'll be turning 35, which people will be like, come on, Andy. But really, I laughed, and I told Mrs. Voice of Reason this, that when we had kids, and obviously we just have our one daughter. She's nine right now. But when they get older and they look and see, wow, mom and dad were born in the 1980s. Like, even though that's not going to be really that old, it just sounds insanely bad. Like, that's just, that's that sounds old, I know. So I had to put things into a little bit different perspective there. But nonetheless, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, however you look at it, Democrat policies were not the same Democrat policies of what we see today. We still had patriotic Americans on the other side of the aisle. And not to say there's not any on the Democrat side. There's still some patriots there right now. But... It's sad when you go door-to-door knocking if you try to campaign for candidates. You can tell which houses are Republicans and which houses are Democrats on whether they have an American flag waving outside their front yard. That's a telltale sign. Uh, Here in the Wichita area, I'm a campaign manager for a local state representative. And we go knocking every couple of years and every time. Oh, yeah, sure enough, our list that shows registered Republicans, the ones that have American flags outside are those, and the ones that don't are the Democrats. It's a wild thing. I've never seen this before. I've never seen so much division, and it's sad, and it's unfortunate, which is why some are trying to bring back a quote-unquote partisanship in this nation, and as we said in the last segment, I'm concerned about that. First off, what does moderate actually mean? What does bipartisanship actually mean? Because when one says, we want socialist programs, we want socialism in the nation, we want to take care of people better, and the other side says, that's not the role of government. We're not supposed to have these programs. We're not supposed to have these departments. We're supposed to do it on our own. You're just supposed to get the hell out of the way so we can do it ourselves. How do you find a happy medium there? Either it is or it isn't. And I'm not a black and white, straight up kind of guy. There's a gray area in a lot of cases. But on an ideological front, either government's there to help us or government's not there to help us. You can't have it in the middle. You can't do that. It doesn't work. Does government take care of you? Or does government get out of the way so you can take care of yourself? There is not a way to do both because one prohibits the other. If the government's taking care of you, they create a glass ceiling to where you cannot take care of yourself. And we see that now with all the people on social programs that are on unemployment, that are on SNAP programs, and even with the massive trillion-dollar investment the Bidens want to do into that program all over again that's going to raise inflation of food right now. If you create that, then guess what? Now the benefits are better to not work and actually be on your own and be successful than it is to actually go off and do your own thing and pave the way and create the American dream. It's better to allow the government to take care of you. And we saw that during the COVID-19 pandemic. They created that scenario. And when we questioned it, then they got really angry at us. Well, how dare you? Obviously, you got to stay home because of the pandemic. But they've created that scenario. And once you hit that threshold over 50%, Then we'll never be able to get rid of those, which we seem like we already have. But now, if you do try to go off on your own, then we're going to tax you and we're going to destroy you and we're going to regulate you. You can't start a business unless you do all the paperwork and file all these things and pay all these fees and do all these licenses and get the red tape from the federal government. You're not allowed just to create a business. 
perfect example with the student loans. Well, if you don't make enough money, cool, just go ahead and pay the principal. We're not going to charge you interest. But if you make enough money, oh, you one of those rich jerks out there, you're going to pay all the interest you possibly can at probably a 6 to 8 to 9 to 10% interest rate so you can pay on all of it. But if you don't make enough money, totally cool, don't worry about it. You can pay your principal and not pay any interest. Wait, what? What are we talking about here? You can't do one or the other. So these 20, what is it, uh, 13 different presidential centers and foundations are urging Americans for a call to action to try and create more bipartisanship in the nation. That includes the Obama Foundation, the George Bush Presidential Center, the Clinton Foundation, the George and Barbara Bush Foundation, the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute. And it goes on down the list asking for bipartisanship to where we can actually have a happy medium down the road. And I ask, cool, what does that mean? Are we going to stand on constitutional conservative principles? Or are we just going to go with the sexy flavor of the day today, which is middle-of-the-road, progressive, semi-socialist, quasi-values that we want today because we can never get back to the original foundation? I'm very hesitant every time we hear moderate. I want to work together. I want to sing Kumbaya and hold hands. I want that to happen, but I want it to happen in a rational, constitutional, conservative sense, and that will never happen. So sorry. But I'm going to have to be a little reserved. You have to win me over, so to speak. That does it for us today. Back at it again tomorrow for a Friday. Until then, be your own voice of reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.